Time Lord, I'm Daniel Levain, and as the title implies, I'm a first-timer. I have never seen Doctor Who until I started this podcast. At the behest of my friends, I sat down, and I'm watching every single one of these episodes, and I'm loving every single one of these episodes, and I cannot wait for every week to come by so that I get an opportunity to see the next episode and then talk to an expert, somebody that knows the ins and outs of Doctor Who and can fill in the things that I may miss in each episode. And for this week, I have a very special guest returning from her long hiatus since series two jenny fay hey good to be back good to have you glad that we could uh get together for a very cool episode i had no idea what to expect other than clearly shakespeare is gonna be on this uh but a very cool episode i guess if there's a writer i have to be on the show, I, I guess it does seem like that's the yeah, like the theme. We were author. here for the Dickens show, and uh, you know the scary Dickens show with the Gelfling. Oh, the Gelfling! Gelfling. <laughs> um, but in case you are not picking up on what we are saying, dear listener, <laughs> we are going to cover the Shakespeare Code, the episode. Uh, Two from series three. So if you have not watched it, and now it's the perfect time to pause the podcast and go watch <laughs> the episode and come right back and join us because inevitably in our conversation, we are going to spoil some of the plot elements and we don't want to do that to you. So and we're going to tell you all of Shakespeare's shows and sonnets. So yes. get a drink. Sit down. Um, it's going to be a really long podcast. We're going to start uh, Sonnet 1, and we're just going to go through. Uh, <laughs> actually, uh, Sir Patrick Stewart, during the lockdowns last year, recorded a sonnet for every day that he was on in isolation. Oh, bless uh, his heart. And posted it on Twitter. So if you go back on Twitter, you can find Patrick Stewart reciting his favorite sonnets from did he wear costumes uh for some he did for Uh. some it's just him sitting in his house uh or sitting in his you know in his study it it, it is absolutely glorious uh uh and of course you know sir patrick stewart reciting shakespeare it doesn't get much better than that we don't deserve patrick stewart (laughs) like we do he is he is just a gift to the world he, he and his a, bestie. <laughs> yes, him and Ian McKellen. Uh, oh. They are just amazing. Um, I, I I keep waiting for the day that Sir Patrick Stewart will show up on Doctor Who. So, oh my goodness, we lose <laughs> our minds. Right, that, that would be pretty amazing. Everything of time <laughs> and space. So yes, we uh, we get the first adventure for Martha. Uh, other than her introductory adventure, we you know we get the the first. I am the doctor, and I'm going to show off uh, and take you on the TARDIS and uh, take you somewhere cool. And of course, he picks 1599 in England and walking around the corner. There it is, the Globe Theater. Beautiful, right? Absolutely beautiful. Which uh, you know, I. 
I had a chance to, uh, before uh, the world changed, uh, a couple of years ago, I had a chance to go to England. Uh, and we we were wandering by the Thames. Uh, and we I, I, I came across, and it's not the original Globe Theater, uh, as it's represented in the show. Uh, the, the Globe Theater burned down, uh, and they built a replica. But I did get to sort of walk by and from the gates look on to uh, the theater. It was closed on that day that we went, but uh, I, I did get to see it. So it is a, it is a magnificent sight. Uh, and for a theater person, immediately you know what that theater is and what it entails. So, uh, so it, much it was, history. <laughs> it was fantastic to see uh, and to see Martha. Uh, but one of the things I really, I I was surprised at that I didn't really think about um, and they address it head on in this episode. You know, Martha's like... Oh, but hold on. Am I all right? I'm not going to get carted off as a slave, am I? Why would they do that? Not exactly why, in case you haven't noticed. I'm not even human. Just walk about like you own the place. It works for me. Besides, you'd be surprised. Elizabethan England... Not so different from your time. Oh my God! I'm just the idea that they even thought about and sort of addressed that issue is fantastic, and especially the way the doctor goes, eh, just walk around super confident. That's how I do it. Yeah, <laughs> we're uh, talking like 2007, right? You know, and we're still having issues with the same thing today. It, it, it that's the. the it is amazing to me that this show has this type of clarity and the the ability to just address things like that head on without, you know, any thought whatsoever. It's like, nope, we're going to immediately address it, get it out of the way and do it in such a way that it doesn't feel like a cop out. The doctor's, you know, legitimately saying, you know, and we know this from a lot of other works of fiction and in reality as well if you walk in anywhere with a certain level of confidence it doesn't matter whether it's a restricted area or not you tend to get away with it and so the idea that he just goes eh, you just walk around like you belong here and you'll be just fine and sure enough you know the rest of the episode she is just fine even though it is addressed even shakespeare mentions it a couple of times uh and keeps bringing it up you know this amazing place that you live in where a woman can be a doctor and a woman can do all these things. Uh, so I, I really love and appreciate the show for immediately addressing that and addressing it in such a great way. And she's also not dressed in the period attire as Rose used to often change mm -hmm. to fit the clothing of the period. She's wearing very, fitting clothing which shakespeare also makes <laughs> except in, except in tooth and claw where they kept making True. remarks about you know how her poor state of dressing yes <laughs> <Bless her heart. laughs> but yeah yeah i i remember in in uh in the unquiet dead you know it was her first chance to dress up uh because i remember my wife loved that dress and it's i mean gorgeous. beautiful design uh and you and i talked about it um so yeah it was interesting that she's walking around in her leather jacket uh in shakespeare you know addresses it as you know that's very fitting clothing mm -hmm. tight fitting clothing oh shakespeare liked it <laughs> <laughs> he liked everything about martha 
<laughs> well, I, and apparently he he liked everything about the doctor too. That's which, true. Uh, in one of the funnier moments when the doctor looks at him, you know, after the the flirting line back and forth, and he was like, there'll be plenty of time for that later. And he even insinuates, like, with you too, doctor? And he goes, oh, 57 academics just punched the air. Now move! <laughs> so that's actually one of my notes, because the, um, the Shakespeare sonnet 57 mm-hmm. is one of the sonnets that's believed to be written about a man. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's so excited about it. And it also has references to time. So yeah. the doctor's like, yeah, that's one for me. <laughs> yeah, the, the the idea that Shakespeare was uh, somewhat fluid in his flirtations and appreciations was uh, was hilarious. Uh, Don't get Jack fitting. Harkness around him. Jack Harkness <laughs> and Shakespeare would have oh been a dangerous gosh. combination. Oh, that episode would have been hilarious. Nothing would have gotten done. Uh, Yeah, they they would have just spent it all in the bar. Yeah, (laughs) which would have been entertaining. Yeah, and then then they would have woken up in all sorts of uh, states of undress. Yes, (laughs) I would have watched it. Uh, I think we all would have. That would have been a a fun episode. Um, So things happened in this episode, right? uh, I mean, there is quite a bit going on here. Uh, which, as always, I'm I'm surprised, uh, eh, surprised and not surprised. Like I kept anticipating it in this episode because uh, very early on we're introduced to the idea that there are witches. I mean, I, that's the the first scene that happens before the title sequence is you know the the, the witches the consuming this this poor you know this poor lad. And so I'm the entire episode. I'm like, when are we going to find out what alien species they are? Because at this point, you know, anything that you think as a supernatural, you know, we we talked about it in the in the the unquiet dead. You're like, oh my gosh, they're introducing ghosts. They're not ghosts. They're aliens from another planet and another galaxy, and that's what they do. They're gaseous beings. So there's always some sort of extraterrestrial explanation to all of these things the 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 werewolf in tooth and claw you know you're like oh cool we're introducing werewolves he's not a werewolf he was you know infected with alien dna and i like, love oh. that i love that three series and now you're like okay it's not really a witch like you hit that point <laughs> and doctor who where you're like there's an explanation well, and and I, I've mentioned it in other episodes as well. Uh, sometimes I get misled because I, I've grown to sort of expect certain things from Doctor Who, and then they spin it. Uh, I'm glad that you know I was on uh, with this. Uh, it did good. They did was, good. You know, they they <laughs> didn't try to spin it in other ways, but at the same time, the whole time I was like, "When are we going to find out <laughs> where are they from and what their actual plan is?" Um, because it, you know, the they really were playing up this whole like the, the, they show you that man basically drowning in dry land, and mm-hmm. and, and the fact that you know Martha is uh, almost an, an actual doctor herself. Uh, you know, again, right away, they tackle it and they show you how it comes into play and how she is using that knowledge uh, in, in in this very episode to get us there. Uh, and so you're like, you're seeing all of this and you're like, well, that's clearly witchcraft. <laughs> uh, and the way it gets explained and the way it gets settled is 
to me, such a satisfying thing. You know, the Mm -hmm. idea that the doctor goes, words have meaning. Mm -hmm. And this raise cultivated words to a fine art and they use the their power in basically what we know to be witchcraft which is just awesome because that yeah. it, it it opens it up for so many possibilities yeah they use word science advanced word science just like we use mathematics yeah. and science as our advanced way of doing things and so very very interesting and also tying it in with shakespeare who used his words so well and would tantalize people with his words. So what a great combination. And the idea that Shakespeare gets introduced as this person that is not susceptible to the psychic paper. Mm -hmm. The fact that Martha saw it in the psychic paper, but Shakespeare didn't. That was a big one. And Dickens also was not um, affected by the psychic paper. Oh, I, I don't remember if, you, yeah. if they shown him the psychic paper or not. But mm-hmm. uh, now, I as I'm watching this episode, I don't remember. Was Rose affected by the psychic paper? Was she able to read the psychic paper? Um, she once she knew what it was, she wasn't affected by it. Martha hasn't seen it yet, okay, so this was so Martha's that, introduction. That, that's mm-hmm. why. Because I remember at one point they were using the psychic paper to basically like read the truth about each other when mm-hmm. uh, in another episode that you and I covered mm-hmm. uh, with uh, the lost child, she, you know, she's able to see the thing that Jack mm-hmm. Hardness, uh, you know, is able to sort of stipulate about them. Uh, but I was a little surprised by Martha. I thought, you know, being as smart as she is that she would not necessarily be affected by it. Um, But the idea that Shakespeare's like, "Uh, that's interesting, but you're showing me a white piece of paper. Yeah. Thanks for that. It's great. (laughs) Right. Right. And that, you know, he's uh, able to deduce uh, quickly that she's clearly a woman out of time and that he is more than just a man out of time, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, is also fantastic. He's Uh, a smart man. He, well, he was definitely a wordsmith. Uh, it was also great to see how much the doctor was fanning out about Shakespeare. Uh, and in a really clever way, how he's like sitting there with Martha and he's like, Genius. He's a genius. The genius. The most human human there's ever been. Now we're going to hear him speak. Always he chooses the best words. New, beautiful, brilliant words. Ah, shut your big fat mouth! <laughs> Oh, we should never meet your heroes. <laughs> well, I guess not everything was quotable. <laughs> yeah, he's he's great. He's great, Doctor. He's just eloquent, and you know, I just want to quote that. <laughs> like it, it was. It, I I love that moment and that scene. Uh, one of the other things that I really appreciated was the the back and forth that the Doctor and Shakespeare had. Uh, every time the doctor said something that Shakespeare goes, Hmm, that's good. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to use that. Uh, and the doctor either encouraging or uh, trying to get him not to, you know, yeah, there's somebody else's you can't. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> uh, and then of course the, the, the classic to be or not to be. And he's like, you, you should write that down. Yes, that, that one. <laughs> 
And I love how Shakespeare himself sort of critiques it going, "Uh, it's a little too pompous. (laughs) Have you read your stuff? Uh, Well, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, modern people sort of tend to criticize some of uh, Shakespeare's writing as that. So it. That's why we like it. I I appreciated it uh, in in many levels. And uh, the other thing that, I was surprised uh, is how much pop culture they brought into an episode set in the 1599 time. You know, the doctor mentions uh, Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, he uses it to explain the, 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 the idea that that's how he explains to Martha what is happening and how the timeline uh, is not specifically linear. Uh, and he's like, She's like Am I going to fade away? <laughs> and he's like kind of along with everything else in humanity <laughs> uh you know it, it just great use of that that pop culture aspect uh and there is a moment so this episode was shot around 2006 2007 is that right yeah, probably 2000 probably late 2006 ish so this is our third year so it started in 2005 so Right. So the because there is a joke about the seventh book, which would not have been out by that point. No, I don't Uh, think so. The so the the idea that the doctor goes. So magic and stuff. That's a surprise. It's all a bit Harry Potter. Wait till you read book seven. I cried. You got me wondering. (laughs) Which, you know, is. Again, to me, the idea that the doctor is reading Harry Potter um, and that he is just as emotionally involved as the rest of us were uh, reading the series, uh, especially considering that he ends up playing Barty Crouch Jr. 2007 for the book, 2010 for the movie. So it would have been just around. It would have been getting ready to come out. Uh Uh-huh. Just before the thing. That's so perfect. <laughs> uh, so it was. It was. It was a very funny moment to me that they include that, and of course, in the climax of the whole thing, uh, when they're trying to help Shakespeare rhyme in iambic pentameter, they end up using uh, a Harry Potter line. They do, <laughs> and the thing, the the final word that vanishes the witches uh, is Expelliarmus. I love it. Well, and it's at the time, how huge was Harry Potter? So why not use references to it in a show that families are watching together that is about witches per se, you know, Mm -hmm. um, to tie it all together, to bring in references that families can enjoy together and have fun with. And it just coincide so many things that we fans love why not uh, and considering that you know i the world over knows harry potter uh and it is a british export uh Mm -hmm. and the world over knows doctor who and it's a british export so why not in the two most famous bits of british science fiction british fiction uh, why not meld them together and, and you know, including, you know, quoting Harry Potter to Shakespeare? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because Shakespeare is another huge British export. You oh, know, absolutely. That, that's, uh, the, he's the first sort of superstar that come out of England uh, as it pertains to the arts, uh, as it pertains to entertainment. So it's such a perfect marriage of the three things that most people I'm, I, I, there's a lot of other art that comes out of England uh, including the Beatles and whatnot but as it as it comes as it pertains to performing uh, and fiction what better than Shakespeare Doctor Who and Harry Potter absolutely you almost have like the old writing and the new writing right you know, right you know bringing generations together and I mean, as good as the writing is in in the Doctor Who series, uh, it you know I I would say it competes with some of you know the the best written shows here in America, uh, certainly at that time. But you know, looking at it through the prism of twenty twenty one as opposed to two thousand and seven, some of these episodes are, frankly, you know just as good if not better now than they would have been back then because like you said some of the issues that we are still dealing with and phasing today are addressed in such an earnest uh non uh insulting way in the doctor who storylines it's just impressive as heck how well that writing has aged not everything has aged as well as this it's thematically they're they're like, we dealt with this years ago, guys. Why is this Why is this still an issue? Where it seems like, it, it feels like a lot of American shows are still catching up on that. Mm-hmm. Um, even it, there, there are many that dealt with it previously, um, but it does feel like a lot of times Doctor Who will, will take these topics and not be afraid of them. And they don't necessarily, like you said, they don't have to punch in the face and make a big deal out of it. It's just this little aside that's like, ah, you're fine. Just go with it. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to to push it so hard because they address it and they move on. And they the the whole series of Doctor Who is just about that unity and bringing people together and finding the best in everyone. And it's it's been that since... Day one, the doctor is just exploring and finding about people's differences and how they can all work together. And that's why it's lasted 50 plus years, because people like that. They mm-hmm. like that unity. Yeah, it, it you know, especially, um, the, you know, a few a few weeks ago uh, now, uh, there was that whole uh, revelation coming from Meghan Markle. And here you have Martha kind of addressing the those disparities and the doctor, you know, like we said at the top of the show, the doctor just so quickly saying, don't, you know, don't don't make a big deal out of it and it won't be a big deal. Uh, and and watching how Shakespeare embraces her uh, and describes her uh, in you know in, in what is an existing written sonnet, you know, the, the, yeah. it's not like they wrote it for the show. They were using a you know actual sonnet by Shakespeare that describes a woman that is very much like Martha. Um, so you know, I just love how the show. It's not like the show is saying. You know, oh, don't worry about it, and it won't be a, a deal. Is that you know we've been, we know we've been here, um, 
but trust me, we're not going to let that happen to you. We're not going to let, you know, we're not going to go down that road uh, because that's not the the way the doctor knows the future uh, to need to be. Uh, and I just, it's so refreshing to see a show that embraces those things without it being controversial, that it addresses those things without it being diminutive uh, or dismissive of people's concerns. It just shows you there is a different and a better way. Uh, and I just loved it. I, I, lo- I love that different and better. That's what yeah. we need to learn. There's a different and better way. And <laughs> as soon as we get on board, as soon as everybody gets on board, the world right. will be a better place. Well, Let's the, jump on that train. The, one of one of the things that I, uh, I've really loved about the doctor is that uh, he seems to be the the physical embodiment i mean uh in one of the episodes actually one of the episodes you and i talked about uh last series um you know he sometimes he could be an archetype and not just a person uh you know we talked about that in in love and monsters and to me right now watching it through the prism of this current time 2021 2020 the doctor embodies what it means to embrace change. You know, he is not afraid of just changing things up, moving forward. He looks back as, as a means of knowing what has happened before, but he is not afraid to change when change is needed and when change is required. Uh, and, you know that that's a big message that we we need right now and coming from a show that aired you know 13 years ago that's a big thing that you know i wish people could take away from and learn from things like this we need more of that we need people to embrace the change because you know things change and as we've all experienced you know 2020 changed the way the world works and we are now left in the aftermath of learning to live with this change uh, and i feel like the doctor more than anybody can help people understand that you know yes change is scary change is frightening change is dangerous sometimes but change is inevitable. And so instead of fighting it, you just need to embrace it and make it your own. Uh, and that's one of the things that I really take away from uh, the show. Uh, and even this episode, I mean, you know, he, he really embraces what is happening with him and Martha in a way that at the beginning of the episode, you see he is just sort of trying to be the flashy, like, I'm going to give you a quick trip. And by the end of the episode, you could see that that bond starting to form. He he was worried about her, and you, you saw that fear. Um, you know when when there's anything wrong, um, whether it be Rose, whether it be Martha, he cares about his companions, mm-hmm. and he he's worried about her, and he wants to take care of her. And you also saw that Martha probably cares about him a little more. <laughs> especially um, in that sequence in the bed where yes. she's like looking at him staring into his eyes and, and then, then she gets like, all oh, upset <laughs> she's like, 
biscuits. Okay. She turns uh, around and blows out the candles. Like, okay, fine. We're just going to so go to bed. What I'm thinking, though, is that um, your listeners here, everyone needs to grab like five friends and uh, make them watch Doctor Who. And then those people need to grab five friends and make them watch Doctor Who. And that's going to change the world. Yeah, because, you know, you know they, they all are going to embrace the change better. If if more of us could appreciate that, uh, I think that's a great uh, that's a great message. Yeah, and, and that's that's why we pulled you in. <laughs> you know. That's the one more add add me to the roster of one more Hoovian. Now, there is a moment that uh, made me almost jump out of my seat watching this episode because Ooh. it was. Uh, I, it was unexpected considering, you know, we're kind of moving on and we're talking about change. But, you know, one of the witches mentions Rose to the doctor. <laughs> and like almost immediately he's like, oh, that's that's a word that makes me want to fight you. You don't touch like, that one. Right. Like that Rose is precious to this doctor. Mm-hmm. And he once again shows it, you know, she Everybody warned me her loss is going to be felt throughout the the series, uh, and we've seen it in every episode, uh, you know. And it's it's getting better. the The Runaway Bride, he was still it was still very raw. It was still eliciting emotion out of him. It was one of the moments that got me very choked up. Uh, was when he, you know, you hear that lump in his throat mm-hmm. as he mentions her name. Then, you know, in uh, Smith and Jones, we get to see that it's still in his mind and it's still very fresh, but he is a little more composed about it. He's able to now see it with the nostalgia and the hurt, but without it emotionally affecting him. Uh, But here we see that it still is very important to him that nobody even think about or mess with his poor, you know, dear Rose, even though she is stuck on the other side of a void of a, of a dimensional riff, he is still very much a no, no, no. She is off limits to no you. No touchy that. <laughs> you know, that, that to me is, uh, was, was huge. Um, one, because it, it, her presence is still very fresh to me. You know, I'm, There is no long breaks like there is in British episodic TV to kind of get over what happened in Doomsday. To me, Doomsday is still only a couple of weeks away. Yeah. How are you doing with that, by the way? You doing Uh, okay? I I loved it. Need some chocolate? Need some wine? (laughs) Well, she's not a dementor. (laughs) (laughs) Chocolate isn't going to make the heartache go away. But, you know, it was definitely... Um, it, it affected, uh, you know, my, my wife watching it, she was bawling her eyes out. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, I it try not to watch that one again, it's, <laughs> but it, but it's such a great episode. And I liked how ultimately it gives you, uh, that feeling that, you know, she doesn't just go out with a whimper. Mm. She, she goes out in such a way that it's like, it's like ripples in a pond, uh, you know, and as the doctor skips across time, that those ripples are still there for him 
everywhere he goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it, it's great. It's great to see that they're not just rewriting her and, and chalking her off to, to the past uh, in a way that, you know, I appreciate very much like uh, what happened with Sarah Jane. You know, I didn't know who Sarah Jane was because I jumped into Doctor Who with the uh, ninth Doctor, was it? Yes. So, you know, I jump in way into the middle of the history of Doctor Who. Um, so I had no idea who Sarah Jane is. But when I get introduced to her, it just opens up my eyes to, oh, my gosh, of course, there's been more than one companion. And I'm glad that at least in this version of the show, they're acknowledging that there's a toll that the doctor pays for having all these people in his life that he becomes emotionally attached to and that he cares for them in different, you know, levels of, uh, of emotional entanglement, but that he genuinely cares for all of them. Uh, and I love that in this episode, we start to see a little bit of that with Martha, uh, but we still very much see it with Rose. It, uh, I thought it was wonderful. And just think you've only said goodbye to one doctor and one companion so far. Yep. Still plenty to go. Oh, so, um, the heartache. I, I didn't uh, hear any uh, Saxon this show. There was no mention mm-hmm. of uh, Mr. Saxon. No. Uh, in this one. Um, but d- did I did I miss anything? Um, the doctor liked to call himself Sir Doctor, which he didn't officially get that nighting until much later in time. We've already seen it happen in Tooth and Claw, mm-hmm. but he was saying it um, to Queen Elizabeth and in the Queen Elizabeth era. Mm-hmm. Um but it didn't happen until 1837 and 1901 when it was Queen Victoria's era. Okay. But he's, so, so it's happened to him already, but in time it hasn't happened yet. So that's kind of fun. The, uh, okay. Cause I am not a, a huge, uh, I, I don't know much about the monarchy and British history. Uh, certainly not to the level of other people. And my wife is like a huge, uh, you know, she'll talk about the different periods and the Queens and the Kings. And I, I can't relate them to time. Um, so I did not, I, I thought, I thought the tooth and claw episode was set before this, but it's not, it's set later in, in, so, in yeah. a timeline. It happens later. Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. But yeah, that was the first time that, uh, cause she calls him sir, doctor uh-huh. of TARDIS. And he's like correcting her, but like, it hasn't happened yet. Like <laughs> it's cute. And of course, Elizabeth's really mad at him. Um, Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth is, and he yeah. doesn't know why, which is fantastic. It's great. So it, I'm assuming that's that's a spoiler. Oh, spoiler, sweetie! It's, <laughs> it's such. It's, it, it is a spoiler. Okay, it is, and I. It's so good. It's so good. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it, it was definitely a, a great way of sort of ending the episode, kind of like how Doomsday ends with a bit of a laugh mm-hmm. where, you know, you have this emotionally gut wrenching moment and then he looks up and there's a weird woman in a, in a wedding dress. Yes. You know, they have this amazingly, you know, uh, moment of saving the world and then they have to run away from the queen and 
he's not quite sure why, yes. but he can't wait to find out. I love yes. how he's a, I can't wait to find out. Yes. And and that's, that's the doctor, you know, Hey, what happened? Eh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> um, any questions about the, the Carrionites? Did you catch where they were from? No, no. Um, they're from Rexel four in the 14th stars. Rexel four. Is that something that we've mentioned before? Is that no, where the, it's the just Slovenes dropped once are? and it doesn't okay. really matter. <laughs> um, and they're kind of like, they were supposed to be sort of like myth, like references to Macbeth because the witch, there's all these like little small references. Like at the beginning, um, Lilith is being, um, wooed by the boy it's kind of like romeo and juliet like mm-hmm. like all these nice little small yeah Shakespearean... I, I picked up on all the pseudo shakespeare yeah. uh including the fact that they're using the 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 infamous lost shakespeare play yes as the really cool. <laughs> uh, right that was the tool that was the thing and the reason it was lost to time it was because it was so dangerous it would have uh, destroyed uh, time and space. So it, you know, uh, they almost I, I called this up episode. They almost called this episode that. They almost called this uh, Love. "Love's Labor's One." Love's Labor One, right? So they almost it, called the episode that. It's a reference which to one? "Love's Labor Lost," which mm-hmm. was an actual play that did survive. But, uh, and then the other thing that was really cool. I don't know this comedy. There's a, a movie called Duck Soup. Oh, with the uh, with the Marx Brothers. Sure, um, Fredonia, where Martha is from, of course, mm-hmm. uh, where women can be doctors, <laughs> is a country that's referenced in the comedy film Duck Soup. Duck Soup. Oh my God! Yes. There you oh go. Oh my gosh! Oh wow! So I mean, Doctor Who, Ashley, who has like from so many Mar- great references, but I do have that. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. Doctor Who pulling from the. the, Oh, wow. Just me emulating Ashley for a moment. So thank you, (laughs) Ashley. This is what she's done to me. Well, we we do we do have another uh, segment of uh, Ashley's Tardis tidbits coming. I love it. I love it. So, yeah. So that's Shakespeare Code, which is great. And what about the actor who plays Shakespeare? He's great. He, I, I enjoyed him quite a bit. My wife, of course, thought he was dreamy. My, really? My wife, I mean, really. why would she think that? Uh, you know, was I don't know. The, the beard, maybe, the hair, yeah. the eyes. He still had hair. Which, <laughs> he still had hair. <laughs> which uh, the doctor also made reference on, like, not to rub his head too much. Or you'll go bald. Yeah. yeah. And then the the neck brace, which I love. Yes, yes. Like, let me, maybe maybe you should wear that. That's yeah. a good look for you. <laughs> it was a fun episode. Like it was, there there wasn't a lot of depth. Like there wasn't a lot. Of, like there was, but there wasn't. But it was very fun too. Like, I I like these kind of episodes. You know, um, I think one of my favorite episodes of series two was Love and Monsters, which was mm-hmm. the episode you and I did. Uh, and it was because it was fun, it was silly, it was serious at times, uh, and it didn't really add a whole lot of extra um, history or you know myth making to the Doctor Who storyline. But it it was a refreshing sort of 
breath of fresh air in the middle of, you know, all these other episodes that were drama, taking drama, place. Drama, drama. And right, especially all the stuff leading up to uh, Doomsday that, you know, it, I just enjoyed it so much. It, it's one of uh, the reasons that I, I sort of keep wanting to come back to this series because for every one of those like big epic something huge happens episodes they're these little personal like just fun episodes you know um the idiot's lantern in series uh two was kind of like this where not a whole lot of things happen that will affect the doctor but oh my gosh it's so much fun to see the interactions. Uh, and I, I really like this episode being, you know, a theater nut. Uh, I enjoyed all the Shakespeare references and them getting to, you know, do the verbal sparring back and forth. And you know, I knew just, you'd love the theater portion of this. Like when it, I, I was like, Oh, he's going to go nuts for this. It, it was wonderful. It was. And like I said, having that opportunity to have walked in front of and by the globe theater um, just, anchored me even more to to that to this to this episode uh so it, it is it, it's great i uh strongly encourage anybody if you haven't seen it uh and you listen to this whole podcast uh what did you do because we've just spoiled it for you but go go and watch it it's definitely worth it see i never got to see the globe when i was in london mm-hmm. um but uh if you don't want to travel as far you can go up to um, Stratford in Ontario in Canada and they have a big Shakespearean festival up there and they have a recreation of the globe mm. up there. That was the closest I ever got to the globe, <laughs> um, but they do great Shakespearean uh, theater up there. I mean, obviously not now because, you know, COVID ruins everything, right. but um, <laughs> once it's back to normal. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not going to be ashamed of what I'm about to say, but the reason I discovered where the Globe Theater was and was able to walk to it You're going was to because, no, no, I was playing Pokemon Go. Ah, yes, you were. And the Globe Theater is a gym in Pokemon Go. And when I saw that, I told my wife, we're going there. I want that gym badge. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it, it, along the, you know, many, many gym badges that I've accrued, uh, in the five years that I've been playing Pokemon Go, you I have the gym badge of the Globe Theater. <laughs> Did you get some rare Pokemon when you were by it too? Uh, no, nothing, nothing hugely relevatory. But it was, uh, you know, I, I do have that uh, to share. This is just one of those other reasons I appreciate you. <laughs> it's one of those See? nerd you know nerd things kind of mesh together sometimes playing pokemon go discover the globe theater right down the thames <laughs> you know it's just, i love everything about that it's, just, it's how things happen uh but now let's uh let's take it uh to my favorite segment of every episode which is when we get to hear ashley's tardis tidbits so take it away ashley what what tidbits do you have for us this week First off, of course, there are multiple references in this episode to Harry Potter. And fans, of course, know that David Tennant was in the fourth Harry Potter film, Goblet of Fire, playing Barty Crouch Jr. Speaking of roles that David Tennant also played, uh, Shakespeare mentions to be or not to be. Oh, that's quite good. The doctor tells him he should write it down, and Shakespeare goes, oh, maybe not, bit pretentious. 
Well, David Tennant performed the role of Hamlet for the Royal Shakespeare Company in 2008 after this episode. When the doctor comes out of the prop storehouse, he has a prop that reminds him of Sycorax, which you will remember from the Christmas invasion. The Sycorax were the villains in that episode. And Shakespeare again says, oh, I might steal that idea. And in The Tempest, there actually is an unseen character called the Sycorax. This is also the first time in Doctor Who that the Doctor and his companion are shown sharing a bed. Even though, of course, it's very platonic and not romantic at all in this episode. Uh, Originally, it was written that the Doctor was going to casually undress down to his underwear... Uh, And then still invite Martha to share the bed. Of course, again, very platonically. But it was rewritten because the producers and David Tennant both thought it was inappropriate and just kind of weird. The producers have said that this was one of the most expensive episodes to film because of all the CGI and the location filming around England. And last but not least... Why is Queen Elizabeth so mad at the doctor? You will get an answer to this. It's going to be a while. But just keep it at the back of your head. You'll get an answer. So, of course, you know, I, <laughs> we we mentioned it earlier in the podcast, so I'm not surprised that, Ashley, you would point that out. So... Uh, thank you for the tidbits and uh, thank you for teasing the Queen Elizabeth thing that I guess I guess I'm going to find out later. Like, do I have to wait a long time now, you've Jenny? Got, you've got some time. I got but some time. But when you get to it, don't worry. I think you'll have a few of us to help you. <laughs> We're already planning that there's going to be a few of us to help you well, when we get to that moment. I, the, the, it sounds uh, vaguely traumatizing, so I can't ah, wait for yeah. it. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. I mean, Spoiler, I, sweetie, we'll get there. I thought I was prepared for Doomsday, and then it happened, and, you know, I'm still dealing with it, like you, yeah. uh, like you uh, mentioned. And like everybody sort of in, in, in that podcast, Eric... Uh, and Ashley both said, you know, you're going to feel it and it's going to be felt in the uh, in, in the episodes moving forward. And so far, that has definitely been the case. And uh, I appreciate it because it's all it's, you know, it's a cathartic way of dealing with things uh, when you get to share it with your friends. Uh, but you also get to see the show itself resolve those issues and not just leave them hanging uh, as some sort of open wound that they're never going to address again. So. You don't really have that concern with Doctor Who. There's a few things that you're like, why don't they talk about that? Um, (laughs) It might take some time for them to address things, but a lot of things come back around and sometimes and quite often surprise you. Well, it's one of the things that I most look forward to every week is seeing how the show is going to just one up itself and every week it leaves up to the it lives up to the expectations because every week i'm just i'm glad i'm doing this i'm glad i'm watching these and i'm glad i'm part of the fandom at this point 
Uh, I've said it loud and clear pretty much at the end of uh, the Doomsday, uh, the, the the two episodes, specifically the one where, you know, he's wearing a backpack and sings the Ghostbuster song. From that point forward, I was a fan. You had me. Everything's done. I, you know, give me my uh, my official card. I am a Whovian. I still remember when you were like, I don't know about this David Tennant guy. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. His, his hair. Uh, you know, I, I am know. honestly talking about my, my reactions as I watch these shows. You know, my... my you guys, my uh, my guest experts, are still surprised that I actually wait until right before we sit down to record the episode to watch these episodes, uh, because part of the fun is watching the episode and coming off of that high to talk to you guys about it. Um, and I, dear listener, I assure you, there's no cheating here. I watched the episode right before recording so that you get my honest, genuine opinion uh, and thoughts. And sometimes it, it, I'm misled because the episodes do that to me. And I you know, will argue, argue my point uh, with somebody that knows that my point is completely not valid because <laughs> they know what's going to happen in the future. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, it, it's made it a lot of fun for me uh, and hopefully for you guys uh, we talk about it we talk about it it's good times just wait just wait daniel it's okay it's it's all going to happen uh i just need to be more patient and keep watching more doctor who but thank you so much for joining me this week to talk about this very fun episode Thank you. Always, always a pleasure to be here. Always fun. Um, you know me, I will never shut up about Dr. Who. So whenever <laughs> you need me, I am here for you. Well, uh, we, we are going to see you again for what I've heard is the quintessential Dr. Who episode. Because <laughs> you are coming back for Blink. So we will I, be I seeing cannot, you. <laughs> wait, I cannot wait. And this is an episode that even if you've never watched Dr. Who, People can watch this episode and love it. Mm. It's another Dr. Light episode. So much like, um, oh gosh, now I can't think of the name of it. We just talked about it. <laughs> love and Monsters. Love and Monsters. Much like Love and Monsters. It's a Dr. Light episode. Um, it's the one, it's one of the ones that we say, if you've never watched it, watch mm. this. So if you've got friends and you're listening and you want to get them into Doctor Who, that's going to be the one to suggest. Well, it, it is coming fast and furious. It seems like uh, it will feel like no time at all. We will be talking about Blink. But until then, thank you, dear listener, for listening to this podcast. If you want to support us, uh, if you feel compelled to do so, visit firsttimelord.com. There you can leave a comment on any this episode or previous episodes. Uh, you can also visit our merch shop. Uh, as well as you can visit our Patreon site if you want to support the show that way and become a monthly subscriber. Uh, lots of cool perks there. So any support is greatly appreciated. If you like the show, like Jenny mentioned, uh, share it with five friends that you think might like the show and uh, get them hooked on to Doctor Who uh, because uh, I am hugely thankful that I had friends that pushed me into this. Uh, so I'm sure your friends will thank you as well. But until then, uh, I got to get it back on my TARDIS and uh, go watch more Doctor Who. Expelliarmus! 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 Good old JK!
Okay. 